0: Hello and welcome to Better Words. My name is Caitlin and I'm just a bookish babe.
1: And I'm Michelle from the Unfinished Bookshelf and it's been a little while since we spoke to each other about what we've been reading and what we've been doing. It is actually. Like we've spoken to each other. Yeah but you know what that's
0: actually a good thing because like we have talked about the fact that we'd you know we cut back to fortnightly episodes to give ourselves more time to you know do the other things in the rest of our life and Maybe that means that we've actually been having friend time, I know, not just it's podcasting been good. time.
1: It has been good, actually. Yeah. And um, especially because you're going to be in America when we release the next episode. Exactly.
0: So look forward to next, not next week, next fortnight <laughs> introduction, everybody, because it'll be me and Indy telling you all about New York and Disney and Universal. I'm so
1: excited to hear, oh, I just can't wait to hear your adventures. It's going to be so good
0: i'm so so excited
1: oh, i can't wait to hear about what you're going to go and see on broadway mm. it's going to be amazing i'm
0: not even going to tell you listeners you just
1: <laughs> have to wait although there have been clues on your instagram
0: yes they have yes <laughs> um oh, i'm so excited i have three days left of work
1: <sighs> that amazing <sighs> feeling when you get to put your out of office email on you're yes like, i'm so excited so good um yeah. so what have you been reading I've been reading
0: Inappropriation by Lexi Freeman. So um, this is one that I got from Alan and Unwin. And I really thought that it was going to be like so cool. And it's not that it's not. It's just not what I expected. So it's like cool in a different way, Mm. you know. So I think the easiest way to describe it, um, if you haven't read it or don't know what it's about, is basically it is about a 15-year-old who is just trying to figure out like all the different I guess options and you know all these different things that we can be so like at the end of I've read about three or four chapters I think and at the end of maybe five chapters and at the end of like three of them she's like has been researching or like has learned something from her new friends and she's like okay so I think I'm you know blah 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 like all these definitions of you know um ethnicities sexuality like all these different things that we can just give ourselves labels and she's like but what do they actually mean you know which ones am I like she's just trying to find out who she is and she's trying to attach herself to these other definitions which I think is so interesting because having grown up a bit before some of this craziness was happening with all of that I now I'm like who freaking cares? Just be who you want to be. Like, don't worry about the labels. And yeah, so, but it's interesting to read about because I hadn't really thought about it from like now being 15, I have no idea what I would have thought of myself, you know. Oh,
1: who I do not want to be a teenager again. Tell me Isn't about it. terrifying? It's just
0: getting harder and harder to be a teenager.
1: It's hard to be an adult, oh. but like, I wouldn't want to go back to my teenage self. Yeah. Like, Oh, that would be horrible. I know. That'd so, be so horrible.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm enjoying it. It's kind of, you know, one of those books that's not not super confronting, but making you think and everything like that. I actually think you would quite like it. I might leave it, it for you. probably will. I might yeah. leave it for you when I go away.
1: Um, I am reading something that's really confronting, but also amazing. Mm. And it's Eggshell Skull by Brie Lee, which I knew I was going to love. Um, I knew I was going to love it or like the second I started reading it, but then the next day, like I'd read maybe like 20 pages and then I saw Bree talk at Brisbane Writers Festival and I was just like, you Instantly are amazing. obsessed. <laughs> oh, like I just, she's so intelligent and like, I'm just in love with her. I have such a girl crush on her brain. Like, mm. oh my goodness. I'm just in love.
0: Yeah. Um, everybody. When Michelle was about ten pages into this book, she'd already read me about three paragraphs <laughs> out loud.
1: So it's amazing. <laughs> um and then Brie was just lovely as well and really interesting to hear her writing process and stuff like that. Um so I'm nearly finished it. I'm going mm-hmm. to finish it tonight, I keep saying, because tomorrow My friend Maddie and I, Maddie from work, um, one of our new journos, we have discovered a mutual love of books. Um, And in particular, like YA and stuff, I've already given her some books. And we're both going to read, and I'll see if I can get this right, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Yep. That's or right. as we're just calling it, the potato book. So we're starting the potato book tomorrow together, because <laughs> um, we're going to read Eggshell Skull together. And I'd started it on my day off, and then I was like, "Oh, I'll read something else and and wait for you to catch up." And then she's like, "I'm nearly finished it. Sorry." <laughs> so um, yeah, we're going to so read. So the buddy
0: read will start with
1: the potato g- the book. The
0: potato book. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Um, which I've, I've, not, I've held off seeing the movie adaptation, but I love Lily James, so excited to see that once mm-hmm. I read the book. Um, and I, actually, I think the book is quite quick to get through.
0: Well, yeah, it's actually not that big
1: for such a long time, And it's like, um, I can never say the word right, but where they tell the story through letters... Oh, I know. I never can remember it's like that. Like Epi Tolstoy or something. But then that makes something. me think about like, is I keep going to say like Epi Tolstoy no. and that's you not right.
0: I'm going to Google it.
1: Oh my goodness. We sound so unintelligent. That's OK. Caitlin's <laughs> okay, literally typed books, books written, written in, in letters. letters. And now we just Epi- have a list of.
0: Well, yeah. Yep, Love it's Rosie on there Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Society. Um, Epistolar-y. Ep- epistolar- epistolar-y. Ep-
1: epistolary epistolary
0: epistolary epistolary
1: epistolary what mm. bad pronunciation on better words <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> haven't said that for a while no
1: we haven't oh, we've been good um yeah so we're going to read the potato book together which is one of the books that i put in my tbr cart because i finally gave in and bloody did it so <laughs> if you use bookstagram you will have seen these tbr cards everywhere i don't know why it just suddenly boomed this year because well you know it was actually tamsin at babbling books who had this idea like two years ago and had it in a video like ages ago she did
0: she's very innovative
1: yeah so she did she had the same blue ikea cart that i've been using for like three years to store my office supplies in because i don't have a desk with drawers um and then finally i was like oh stuff it i'm gonna actually do one mostly for the for the gram um but also it looks very nice do it, for the gram. <laughs> it looks very nice in our lounge room um but in all seriousness I have put in a lot of small books in there not all of them ones that I want to give away but a lot of them are ones that I would like to read and give away and I mm, there's probably on. I would say at least half of them are ones that I don't think I'll want to keep and put in storage when we move so yeah um and we've officially decided that we're going to move to like southeast England around the Brighton sort of slash Hastings area mainly because a very strong campaign by our lovely friend Grace (laughs) um so yeah we it'd be nice to be closer to friends and we loved that area and I just hate now that like I'm a planner but now that we've decided like I was just talking to my mum about and she's like well It feels worse now because you've decided and you just want to do stuff, but now we can't for like another seven months. Yeah. But I want something to happen,
0: Mm.
1: but it won't. So I guess the only thing I can do is try and read some of my unread books.
0: Yeah. That's good planning. (laughs) You know, like got to get that stuff done. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then maybe before we go, I'll have to have like a little party where I have like because there were other people oh at God, our gym. We
0: could have like a book swap party. Yeah, only people I'm not just, allowed to yeah, exactly. I'm not so allowed people to people take can anything just come and like pick books off your bookshelf. Oh, that'd be so cute. We have to do that.
1: Well, because there's like three other people that we go to the gym with who mm. would love that. and then there's people from work. so I probably exactly. will do something like that. Oh, and then the rest so can go. Cute you know, to charity and stuff. But um, it's funny because then my mum was like, what do you want for your birthday? And I was like, well, I know I'm not meant to be buying books. books but yeah. Books, yeah. Um, so my rule is buying books, but only if I'm going to keep – they're ones that I know I'm going to love. I'm going to keep in kit. storage. Yeah. Which also brings me to another point, um, which I'll make briefly because I've been rambling. <laughs> um, but I saw a brilliant post – Um, so it's from Molly Reads and there she is one of the co-hosts of No Thanks We're Booked podcast Um, and she was writing about how and why she annotates her books Um, and Caitlin knows this my partner knows this but I try and hide it from everyone else because it is my secret shame but I do actually have like or did have like really OCD tendencies with my books. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I mean, like legitimately, like I'm not, I'm not, so like I actually, you know, talked about that with my psychologist and stuff and I'm not just, yeah. She's
0: not kidding. She did have like. And her standards are just so high. Like I remember recently, I think I must have lent you a book and you tried to give it back and you were like, I'm sorry, it got a bit smashed in my bag. And I was like, it was
1: carve the mark.
0: Oh, that's right. And I was, and you were like, oh, look, it got so smashed in my bag. And I was like, oh, that's all right. And then she pulled it out and one tiny little corner was was slightly folded. No, it wasn't. (laughs) That was all it was. It was like the tiniest little corner that was, and I was like, this is smashed. I was like, I've accidentally like torn out pages and like spilled food in books. I'm trying to be more careful now, but
1: yeah. Let's see, like for a long time, even taking my own books out of the house would make me feel physically ill.
0: In case they got damaged. In case
1: they got damaged. And look, part of the reason I don't talk about that is partly because I'm embarrassed about it. Um, like I was embarrassed about a lot of my anxiety, but I have been talking about my anxiety a lot lately. But that's a particularly embarrassing thing. Obviously because now you will know about it.
0: It seems quite silly, but it's yes. fine.
1: It's um, now you will know about it, so that's weird. Um... <laughs>
0: Send us a message if you understand. Though, like, if I see a dog-eared book page, oh, I cannot stand oh, see. It. I could
1: dog ear library book pages because oh, they weren't my books. books. Yeah. Um, anyway, what what she wrote about was how annotating her books actually. Um, makes it a more valuable reading experience and annotating is something I've been thinking about for a while because I keep seeing people posting cool pictures on bookstagram and I'm like I want to be the. but also there's part of me that anxious part that's like I want to be the cool person who doesn't care and isn't ruled by their anxiety and like annotating my books in a nice way would be a big fuck you to my anxiety Mm -hmm. so there's part of me that's always like And I I usually comment and I'm like, I want to be the sort of person who can annotate their books, but I can't because I'm nervous. Anyway, I am going to start.
0: Are you actually going to write in them or are we talking like sticky notes or something? I'm going to try pencil. I've left, um, like I'll write a note like on a torn piece of paper or something and put it in the page. I've done that before with a few books if I was like particularly like moved or whatever
1: I'm gonna try pencil and I'll probably start just with maybe like underlining particular passages I think it hit home too because like obviously I read this blog post as I was reading eggshell skull Mm -hmm. and I literally had to keep stopping and getting my phone and writing down pages to remind myself to go back to so I think I might start just with a pencil and and probably just in books like like eggshell skull yeah. like other books where I know like there are particular passages that kind of get to me and stuff but her post just made me think like it's so right that it is a deeper reading experience and I'd like to try that and also I like to condition myself out of being so attached to my to a physical object that I am putting these emotions on yeah. um because I still have trouble trying to get rid of books that I might've bought in a particular place, even if I don't like them anymore, because I have a memory of that place.
0: Yeah. Or a person or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And I have
1: a bit of a little like hoarder issue there. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm going to try and do that. I don't know how successful I'll be. I told Jack and he was like, Oh, you're going to your books? Because he knows how yeah. anxious it makes me. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's okay. I think you'll be okay.
0: Um, the only other thing I need to talk about, and I don't think have you actually gone to see a simple favor yet? We're going on Friday night for our oh, date like night. Going on Friday, okay. So We're if- trying
1: not to go to the movies to save money, but it's this good. one, oh my god, you're gonna love
0: it so much. I saw it on Saturday. Oh, it's so, so good. And like not like I think it is a thriller. Um, but I probably wouldn't have called it that. More like a I don't know a bit of a mystery and yes it's suspenseful but it's more just that you're like like a you... psychological
1: suspense sort yeah, of
0: yeah I don't know how thrilling I would have called it but it's more like are you lying are you telling the truth are you working with her or are you working with him or are they working together you know
1: I just listened to yeah. a really good book like that um called White Lies by Lucy Dawson and it's probably the first thriller I've read or listened to in ages that wasn't like about a murder because yeah. it was about an alleged affair, and then it was like her transcripts, his transcripts, and I did not know. I kept changing my mind about what had oh, happened.
0: Cool. Was that the yeah, same sort of thing? Like you change of, your mind? Yeah. So um a simple favour. It's more about their identities, I guess. Like the three main characters Well, mainly the Blake Lively character, which you can get from the trailer. <laughs> but um yeah, so it's more about like, well, you know, who actually are you? Are you lying? Like, you know. Yeah, but it was so good. I'd go and see it again in a heartbeat. Mm. Although that's a waste of money, so I probably won't.
1: Um, you need to save for America.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, oh, I can't wait to see it again though, because it's you know it's going to be one of those movies where if you watch it again, you you'll pick up, up things. Yeah. So um, I'm so excited about my trip. Thanks to bringing it up again.
1: <laughs> there's one more thing I wouldn't mind discussing. Just I posted it on Instagram the other night and it was a tweet from Hannah Witten, which was like I am like tired and bored but also
0: overwhelmed,
1: overwhelmed and, stress. and stressed yeah. and it was like all the contradictions and I just wondered like do you feel like that too because I just have been feeling that I feel like in the last week or two and maybe it's because my uni assignments have been due and stuff but It just kind of feels like that, like, especially after Brisbane Writers Festival, I'm all motivated to do more and to do extra stuff and to be a better blogger and stuff. But at the same time, I'm super tired. And then I'm like, I simultaneously worry that I'm doing too much and not enough. Uh, Yes, every single day, because in all the things that
0: I am doing, you know, too much work, blog, podcast, exercise, family time, friend time, blah, 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 blah. I also don't do enough of any of those things.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, so, like I forget to call my mum, I forget to call my dad, I only spend two seconds talking to them when I do. Like Exactly, so you do all of those things, but like,
0: <laughs> we're recording this on Tuesday night and I haven't hit publish on this week's blog post yet, even
1: though that's supposed to be today. I've I, given up my blog schedule because, you know, what the hell? I'll just do it when I do it. That was one of the to only, there are only a few things I could do to alter my schedule. One was us switching this podcast, which has been immensely helpful. It has. It has been so helpful. Um, and also it doesn't seem to have affected you guys as listeners, um, judging by our stats, which is very nice. Yes. Um, so it's like, we're glad that you're keeping up that support and we love that and are grateful for it. Um, but that's been immensely helpful. The only other thing I could do is, not be as hard on myself with a blog schedule and just mm. be like, just do it when you can do it and just chill and don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Because otherwise I was, I was always like, oh, I haven't done this. I haven't done this. I haven't done this. Although I do now have a newsletter. So I picked it back up again, but I sent that out on Monday morning instead of Sunday this time. And I was like, eh, yeah, oh yeah. well. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I don't think anyone
0: else really notices any of that stuff except no. for you. So anyway,
1: does any other millennial have this problem though? Please tell us well, how probably, you overcome it. Well, actually, I got like one. I got like eight or ten comments, and everyone was like, "Me too, me too, me too." Like it's just, it is like, yeah. is it this multi hyphen thing? Like we're just doing too much. But then yeah, at the same time, I'm like, I'm not doing enough to be successful for my age. Because then I see someone like Breeley and I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> comparison is the thief of joy Michelle it <laughs> but, but it's funny because like most of the time I'm not actually comparing myself to anyone it's a standard that I don't think I've reached yeah. that I set for myself yeah that's true
0: oh, man, just my own tough, worst too. enemy yeah. my
1: brain is not on my side sometimes mm. so Anyways. I'm just kind of glad to know that you kind of feel the same <laughs> yeah no I do of course I do
0: and speaking of multi-hyphenates this week we're joined by a teacher and an author so that's yes. Two very demanding jobs. Um we did have a little technical issues. Um so we apologise if at times Fiona is crackling a little bit. Um, but you should be able to understand her just fine. It just might sound a bit funny in some spots, but
1: Thanks Regional Queensland for the internet. Yeah. It's excellent.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's fine. Anyway, so
1: Apart from that, it was a great chat, so we hope you enjoy. And um, Caitlin will speak to you from the U.S. Yeah! Our guest today lives in Cairns, and when she's not writing, she can be found with a book close at hand teaching teens to love English as much as she does. Her debut young adult novel, Waterhole, was published earlier this year, and she's already editing another book set in far north Queensland. Welcome, Fiona Bell, to Better Words.
2: Thank you very much for having me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, so we're really excited to talk about Waterhole obviously because that's your debut Um, we'd love to know how it all came about
0: um well I started
2: writing it quite a number of years ago probably I think way back in 2014 actually um it didn't take me long to finish the first draft but um, um since then it was it was a bit of a longer process to get to where I am now but um yeah it mm-hmm. just um was, it was the first of a few manuscripts I, I had written, um, but uh, this one obviously had the most potential of the previous attempts.
1: Was it difficult to find a publisher?
2: Um,
1: well, I I had previously submitted to publishers,
2: you know, the usual slush pile way, um, but this time um, I had some interest in in it actually previous um, to to um, actually getting with University of Queensland Press. But um, what happened was I submitted it to Varuna um, Publisher Fellowship at Varuna House. Um, They offer writing fellowships and various programs for writers. Um, It's in Sydney. And um, through that program, I, I got a place, I won a place in that program. And then what happens is you go to Sydney and you, you go to this beautiful house in Katoomba and um, you can have a whole week of writing with a mentor helping you. And um, as part of that program, um, the novel uh, was accepted by a publisher because they they present the the, um, manuscript to publishers on your behalf. So, yeah, I sort of was very lucky to get accepted by the publisher through that.
0: Well, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I've got this wrong, but it sounds like you probably had to do a little. You didn't have to do the actual presenting yourself. Like if you'd worked on it at this in this program and finished it, I guess a manuscript, and then they do that part for you. That was probably quite nice.
2: Yeah, I think it's the good thing about it is you know normally you know you send in, you submit online, or you and you have to go through those processes along with everybody else. But this just basically got your manuscript in front of a publisher um, so they would look at it as part of the program which was very it's just a way of getting in front of their eyes I guess so yeah that that was really um, a really great process and I was really lucky to be accepted into that.
1: Wonderful. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about the the plot and the story of Waterhole for those who aren't familiar?
2: Um, it's well, it's it's a got it's a bit of a mystery, really. Um, I think the 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 setting came to me first, actually. And set set up here in in far north Queensland, we have a lot of waterholes, we have a lot of swimming holes, and beautiful um rivers and things up here, and um they're very evocative places. They're they often have stories behind them. Um, so that, I, that setting sort of came to me first and I felt like I wanted to write some sort of mysterious story. So um, I had the setting first and then I had to come up with an idea for a sort of a mystery. Um, so the, basically um, the, the character Sunny um, loses her mother, which is not a spoiler because that happens right up front, um, and she's sort of thrown into a situation in a small town um, with her stepfather that she doesn't really want to be in um and then uh in the small town a, a boy goes missing and she gets caught up in in that story as well and the two things sort of do weave together to as um the mystery sort of weave together uh, with her mother's death so hmm so it's a, it's a drama and a mystery, I suppose you'd call it.
1: Mm,
0: interesting.
1: You mentioned that the setting, I guess, kind of inspired the rest of the novel and it's probably Far North Queensland is something we don't see explored um, in literature, especially not in young adult. Why did you want to explore that? Um,
2: I I guess um, I, I live here, up here, obviously, and um, it's, mm. uh, yeah, like I said, it's a very evocative place that there's a, sort of a, uh, spiritualness to it, I guess you could call it. Um, so I just wanted to, I felt it was a good environment for, for for the story for a start. I also wanted to write about the area that I know about. I think, you know, they tell you to write what you know, which is, it is true to some extent. And um, so why not use a, an environment that is so interesting and um, vibrant and evocative? So I, that, that was, I guess, why I chose it. It's actually been a really lovely um, uh, sort of consequence that um, people up here are loving the fact that there's a book about Far North Queensland it's, and it's the kids that are reading it at schools um, are loving the fact that it's about about a place that they're familiar with as opposed to, you know, England or New South Wales or America, that the stories that they're, you know, set in those sorts of places all the time and this is familiar to them.
0: <laughs> I think that that is something that, you know, we can definitely understand. Everyone loves, you know, that feeling of famili- familiar, familiar, I can't say the word, <laughs> the, the familiar, <laughs> fl- <laughs> oh my do you want yeah, to try again? I do. So I certainly understand that everyone loves that familiar feeling of reading or watching a movie or a TV show or even when, you know, know, the name of your town pops up on the news (laughs) and you're like, oh, that's where we are. Like, you know, everyone loves that and this is one of the reasons that we both, um, Michelle and I, feel that. You know, this regional representation in culture is so important, and I'm sure that all the kids are thrilled that Waterhole was published. Yeah,
2: yeah, they are, and the publisher too is um, very support. Obviously, University of Queensland Press is very supportive of um, of um, Queensland books, yeah. and that's really lovely as well. So um, it is it is good to have that, and I think it's important. And and our stories are are just as important as everybody else's. So it it is really good to have that diversity and. It's been a, a really nice bonus that people have have recognized that actually, because it certainly didn't intend it when I wrote the book. It was just one of those nice consequences.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah you didn't write it so that everyone would like it because no, it was so. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: it's just what came out really, but it's not surprising since I grew up here mm. and and know it you know fairly well.
1: Mm. Um, so have you always lived up north?
2: yeah it's pretty much my more or less my whole life schooling life was up here. I' moved away and lived overseas and lived in Brisbane in various places as a teacher um, but ended up back back here. It's hard to sort of um, resist it as a place to live. it's very it's very beautiful and um, it's a great place to raise family mm-hmm. as well.
1: Oh excellent. Um, so have you seen mentioned before that? Um, our main character loses her mum. So grief and family relationships are kind of explored a lot throughout the novel. Um, why did you feel it was important to explore these in young adult fiction? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> I think putting
2: Sunny in that situation was, I guess, important for me to, give, you know, to create a conflict, you know, made a major conflict in her life, I
1: guess. Why you wanted to explore? I guess they're quite tough themes: grief and family relationships and um, human emotion and stuff like that. Why did you want to explore that in this young adult fiction setting? Um,
2: so one of the reasons was probably to, like I was saying, create a, co- a conflict for Sunny to put her in a situation where she had to deal with a lot of different things. And obviously, grief is a big, is a major, a major thing to deal with. But the other thing, I think was the main reason why I did it was probably because I'm really interested in exploring um, the, I guess, the, the the place between life and death, that sort of space of un, unknownness, yeah, like where you don't, um, you're not sure whether things are real or not. I like exploring that realm. So in the book you, you don't really know for sure what's real and what's not. Um, I think. So I, I, I find that really interesting, um, that sort of space. Um, that to me, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm just fascinated by that That sort of idea. Um, so that was part of it, I think. Um, yeah, so that's probably the main reason I think I chose it. It wasn't particularly that I wanted to explore grief. It was more, more of what happens when someone dies, what happens to them. And how do they live on in someone's memory or is there more to it than that?
1: I think that's really interesting. I think that's
0: really interesting. And it is something that I think is not really, it is explored sometimes, but it's certainly not one of the most common themes in, you know, books, movies, culture, um, when it is something that is so common and everybody deals with.
2: Yeah, I I think I, I'm fascinated by it. I, um, anytime anyone's talking about what happens when, even when someone, uh, you know, goes into a coma or if they, um, you know, what happens mm-hmm. to the brain? Like,
0: can they hear you? Do they know what's happening? That sort of thing.
2: I'm also exploring that idea in my next book in a different way, but the um, same sort of idea of what's, yeah, that's everything, what's not, and how the mind works in, in various situations. I, I can't seem to let that idea go.
1: You're also exploring the idea of grief and what happens after you die in the next book.
2: Um, not so much grief, but certainly um, that that space between life and death. Um, yeah, I've, the next book is set in that sort of unknown sort of space between between life and death. So it's it's still really young adult fiction, but um, yeah, so, something happens to the main character where they're not sure whether where they are. Let's put it that way. I don't want to say too much because I'm not really. I'm not even finished my first drafts, but but um, definitely that idea of um, yeah that sort of space between life life and death, where the the grey area, I suppose.
1: That sounds yeah. really fascinating. It's,
0: it is fascinating, and thank you for giving us a little peek, even though you're not even finished the first draft. Wow. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've got um, a lot of
0: pressure on myself now. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: um, so Sunny loves Holden from Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Um, what is it about that book which you wanted to explore and, like, use in your own work? Is it one that you really enjoy? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's definitely my favourite book. It's probably a bit of a clichéd favourite book, but um,
2: I just love the voice of um, Holden. I think that's, as a teenage voice, it's probably, the, you know, seminal young adult novel, actually. Um, he's just It's just so strong and it's so you can sympathise with him and empathise with him, I, I, I feel, um, so well and... He also has that sort of um, cynicism that I really liked. So I think Sunny's a little bit like him in that way. And um, yeah, I just I I don't know. I just felt like she would identify with someone like him, and I managed to work work it into the novel somehow. Because I just I, I, yeah, I would love everyone to read that book because it's
0: just I think it's brilliant. Yeah, well, I have to say that's probably the most glowing review of it I've ever heard. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've I've not read it. I haven't Have read it either.
2: No, I shouldn't I shouldn't talk it up too much. But um, yeah. <laughs> no,
1: you know the reason. Okay, so this is really silly, but this is the reason I haven't wanted to read it because, um, the the guy who killed John Lennon was obsessed with this book. Yeah. And I've just always felt really odd about it. Mm-hmm. So that's the like because the Beatles are my oh, obsession. Yeah, I right? About that. Yeah.
0: So and you have told me that.
1: Before. Yeah. So it's always kind of put me off reading it a little oh. bit. <laughs> I don't know. I just I which is a bit of a silly reason. Yeah. But. No, I can understand. A lot of people are obsessed with it. Actually, there's a whole
2: lay. Um, there's a woman who's written a whole book. I don't know if you've heard of it. She's written a whole book about. um. She worked in the publisher's office for a while, and she was. He, she had to look after his correspondence. JD Salinger's correspondence. Oh, is it um my Salinger yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, so I've seen
2: that. I did see that. That, that looked yeah, like quite a good. I haven't actually read it myself, but I heard her talking talking about it, or she heard her interviewed, and yeah, it was pretty pretty interesting. But yes, I wouldn't let that stop you
1: from reading it. <laughs> Well, Caitlin and I are both very bad with classics. Where,
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not great, and that was actually one where, like, I think some of my friends were assigned it in Year Twelve, but I was actually assigned to the book thief.
1: Like,
0: all of the different classes did different things. That's why I
1: never read To Kill a Mockingbird because my class was assigned a different book, so Mm. I just missed out on that one. And it's um. It's, yeah.
2: I think it's it's not as um, I feel like it's not quite as dry as some of the classics. It's it's just
0: it's a bit more accessible. Some are yeah. hard to hard to read, mm. I find.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah, I give it a go, I say. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: yeah, like I said, the most glowing review of it yeah, I've ever heard. That I, definitely I makes you want to read it. I feel a lot more compelled to read it now. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I my classes always get a, a lecture about it every year, but I don't
2: know. Every now and then I'll go get one who reads it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so it has been a few months since Waterhole was published. Um, so you've had a bit of time now to reflect on, on the whole publishing process and the launch and everything like that. Uh, was there anything that took you by surprise? Good or bad?
2: Um, I think a, a nice surprise is how how lovely it is to actually talk to people who've read it. Um, you just sort of, I don't know, you never really, I don't know, never really thought about having a conversation with people who've, who've read the book. And so I've um, spoken to a few um, students um, who've read it uh, at school, who've done it as a school book. And it's just really, when you hear somebody talking about Sunny it's sort of almost like she's come to life, like she's a real, real person. When you hear somebody else talking about it mm-hmm. and talking about Kevin, and it's that—that that was really amazing. I don't know how to describe it. Really, it's like, wow, that's something that I just made up, and they're talking about them like they're, you know, they're real people.
1: <laughs> like it's not just in your head anymore. But yeah, yeah,
2: it's just like, and they, they, yeah, it's like they can, they know them or something. It's, it's most the strangest <laughs> feeling. But lovely, lovely feeling to have them, to have people talk about them and talk about characters. And, yeah, that's been a really lovely surprise.
0: Yeah. Um, I think there's been it. A- I have to quickly hmm. ask. Um, so are you, you're currently teaching still? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm a teacher at a, at a high Has school. Has your book been assigned to other classes while you are a teacher at the school? <laughs> well,
2: yes. Uh, actually, yes. Um, some other high schools are around the region. <laughs> Not by me. <laughs> Not by me. It's all above board. Um, I yeah, it's a, it's a um, interesting. One of the teachers in my faculty was very keen to to teach it, so we we went through all the right channels and. Um, got it cleared with the department and all that sort of thing, so she, she, we could purchase it for her. And so she's doing it with the class, and um, they're really liking it. But there's also a lot of other high schools around this area who've picked it up for their English courses as well.
1: So that's really great.
0: That's amazing. I mean, that is that is amazing. But it's it's just very funny. It's like okay, yeah, everybody. Yeah, are you going gonna every-
1: are you gonna have a little peek at the assignments and stuff and see what they say <laughs> oh, about your writing?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: I'm prepared for the, the critics because they are um, kids are always very honest. Um, yeah, you know, about, about what they think about things. But I mean, so far to my face, it at might least, be been
0: different like my next classroom, though.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I'll definitely. Be very
1: interested to hear what they had to say,
2: what they have to say about it. Um, but yeah, it's when, when you're weird.
1: doing English, um, and Caitlin, you probably did this too. And like, I love doing analysis assignments and mm. stuff. And you do, and you're like, and, and the motivation for this, and this represents this, like. Are you are you interested to see what they say? Certain things and represent they, and be like. Mm, okay, no, but I didn't go on. That, sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's actually
2: funny because um, I've I've already had a couple of comments about you know how the language develops and changes, and I've just thought, hmm, okay, I you know some of the things that you do um obviously are there, but you don't necessarily consciously do it it just sort of happens so yeah I think think you have to find stuff to
0: analyze yeah Yeah. (laughs)
2: that's right you can you can sort of make up anything can't you about about when you're analyzing you can sort of infer all sorts of things from from texts but I, think but I mean, it's, yeah, it's
1: different ground. when, you know, like it's Jane Austen then um, and she's dead and it's not like a teacher at the school. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not like I'm going to go around
2: correcting people if they've come up with sort of what, you know. I suppose not, but it's just so interesting. That is funny
0: because the other thing I thought of is one of the English assignments I know that I had to do a couple of times was actually a narrative gap oh, where you'd like, yes. right, something in between the storyline and I was like imagine if they all did that and they just added pieces to your story that would be really
2: interesting actually yeah that would be um I don't know whether they're going to do that but I'm sure someone at some point will but yeah Yeah. no, that's was
0: sorry so back to the publishing process was there a bad surprise Uh, not really um Anything that you didn't know would happen um, or, like, never thought about in the process of publishing a I book? think, like, I
2: guess the editing process was a lot more full-on than I thought it would be. I, I guess I just didn't really know, being my first novel, I didn't really know um, how long it would take and um, I actually didn't think it would be as hard as it was. Um, because you have to make a lot of decisions mm. about you know changing things, and sometimes it's only little stuff. But every everything is a decision. So, um, yeah, and I guess, so I guess the editing process was probably fairly um, more a bit more rigorous and strenuous than I thought it would be. But I guess that's
1: just yeah because I didn't know what to expect. Mm. Yeah. You be prepared for next time,
2: definitely. And I know what I, I need to make sure I don't. Um, you know, repeat phrases like, you know, she shrugged or things like that because you'll find, you know, you just, you have these certain things that you just do over and over again mm. and you don't even realise <laughs> <it. laughs> until the editor gets hold of it and, yeah, so. Yeah, you have those fresh eyes
1: coming in. Absolutely, yeah.
2: yeah. But it's brilliant. They were, they were so good. They, they were just so lovely ab- about it and the editors were just brilliant, the ones that I worked with. They were so um, generous and, and kind about it. And, and, and brilliant
1: with their ideas too. Um, so just going back to your job as a teacher. Yeah,
0: we've um, kind of jumped around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we here, have, but,
1: but that's okay. It's our podcast, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> so I'm interested... Um, do you think that there's more space in the curriculum for more locally written novels and diverse stories? Like obviously a couple of schools and other teachers in your school are already, you know, jumping at the chance to have a locally written novel um, on the curriculum.
2: Yeah, I definitely think there is. Um, I think um, people like to, to read about, like we were talking before, about their um their areas and their their sort of stories, and definitely the diversity, Um, you know, it'd be good to see some more Indigenous texts and more, well, I should say Aboriginal, really, Aboriginal authors um, uh, in in the programs, um, just so those students get an opportunity to see their own stories um, in in the curriculum. But um, yeah, I think there's always a place for, for that in curriculums.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know, God, this is really just making me think about every other book that I've read in English. Now I'm just thinking back to yeah, everything. I didn't, I didn't
1: read anything diverse. It I was really all, don't think I did. Yeah, it was all like white authors. Um, yeah, I mean, at least we read mostly females, but still. Yeah, see, I don't even think I did. Yeah, I'm really trying to think about it, and
0: the main ones I'm thinking of are like the Book Thief. Mm. like shakespeare yeah uh, brave mm. new world um i'm struggling to remember any others oh a thousand splendid sons that's a bit more really others. wow yeah,
1: diversity oh that's interesting think, mm.
0: you know there's only so yes, much there you is. can
1: fit into a curriculum as well and in
0: in a, in a school in a schooling life oh exactly you only read like two a year or
1: something yeah. in English, so do you get sick at all of teaching the same books over and over no, we get
2: a lot of choice. Uh, we can do our, we often do it, we'll do our favourites, but I try to do different ones as well, like try to keep changing and doing different stuff as much as possible. But we do. Oh, I think that's good. Yeah, we, yeah well, I mean, certainly try and change it up a bit. Um, we've got a lot, especially in the younger years, we, we have a, you know, we do things like Jasper Jones and those sorts of things. So, oh, um, yes. Yeah, we, we generally, and Yeah, we've got things like The Book Thief and, some of Scott Gardner's novels. So we definitely, we try and tailor a little bit the novels to the, what the students will like to read because, after all, you, you don't want to put them off reading. Um, so, yeah, but obviously mm-hmm. the classics are important for senior English to a, to a large extent. But having said that, there's sometimes room for a bit of different stuff in there as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know, it's funny, actually. Um, I just, the story just popped into my head and I think I'll share it. Um, <laughs> at the start of this year, my brother, he's 16, um, at school was assigned uh, the Hunger Games um, for their, like, Heroes English unit or something. Um and he's already read it because I made him read them years ago. <laughs> and he was like, this is going to be awesome. I don't even have to reread it, but I probably will, <laughs> like, to do his assignment and everything. But then he actually changed classes.
1: Oh, so you like, get to do it. Yeah,
0: and I was like, oh, oh. kind of says right because he was, he was being a bit cocky about it. But um, <laughs> he actually changed classes and ended up reading a Matthew O'Reilly book.
2: Oh, Matthew O'Reilly.
0: Oh, That's okay. interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. one of his um, younger ones, I think. I don't. I don't remember what it was called.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, Fiona, I'm interested to know, like, what do you love about about teaching English in particular? Uh, I I just love working with
2: with kids. Uh, you know, with teenagers. I, I find them amazing. Um, it's just it's there's never a moment. I um, think as as a teacher goes, um, but with English too, it's it, yeah, the opportunity to just work with different texts all the time you know just constantly learning and reading new stuff and seeing new perspectives it's just it's a bit of a dream job in that way you get to you know try and inspire kids as well to, to like stories and and I was talking about this yesterday at the Tropical Writers Festival in Cairns here um how you know you start if you start reading a book out loud to students in class or a short story or something the every single time the students just they stop and they they go into this state of hypnosis where they're fascinated. They just and it happens. You can have the, the naughtiest class of students, the most you know, loud big boys, or and it, it works every single time. They it's like a drug. <laughs> you can as you start reading a story or telling a story or, or, or reading a novel out to them, they just all listen. And I've never seen it not work, and I, I think all the other teachers at my school would.
1: Many other teachers
2: would agree that it's the power of that narrative is, is just amazing. So, to get to see that is a great part of the job. Um, so, not just, and again, to teach creative writing it's the other part of it I really like to get them to inspire to write their own stories. That's always really fun.
0: <laughs> I actually just might quickly ask you about um, did you say Tropical Writers Festival?
2: yeah, so there's there's a uh, Cairns Tropical Writers Festival. it's biannual, so we've just had it up here in Cairns, and um we had a really they had a really great lineup of writers that came up. Um Richard Weidler and Jane Carrow came up, um, and lo- lots of other really interesting speakers and writers. Um so it was a really, really great festival with lots of really good events. So that's just happened.
0: Hmm, fantastic. Yeah, Thank I just, just cool. caught that, and I was like, "Oh, I like that." It's called Tropical Writers Festival, <laughs> not just like Cairns Writers Festival.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, there's a group that's called the Tropical Writers who who who, who run it and who've organised it for the last. well, I think they've done about five or six of them now.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! So, is yeah. there quite a strong um, writing community in Cairns? Yeah, there
2: is. There's. there's Writers, you know, tend to hide away in our little holes that, and you don't see them, but I guess they are out there. They're everywhere. You know, the events that I've been to over the last few days, have, uh, you know, there's, all, there's been writers, you know, put, put your hand up who's writing and there's hand, the hands are going up. There's lots of people dabbling in it. So I, I think it's everywhere, though. I think it's in most communities. But, it, yeah, they, we do have a pretty strong sort of cultural art scene in Cairns.
0: Oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> I have to admit, I haven't. I've been, um, I think, just outside of Cairns. Um, when I went on a cruise once, and we docked just outside of Cairns, but mm-hmm. I went r- white water rafting, so I didn't actually go into Cairns. So <laughs> I haven't been. <laughs> but um, I've been to Townsville, if that counts, and I love Townsville.
2: <laughs> and you guys are where are you guys? You're in Rockhampton. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So for yeah, people we, who are who are not um, familiar with Queensland, we're still ages away from each yeah, other. Yeah, we're still about eight hours apart. Drive, ten hours, hours. Oh yeah, it's yeah. ten, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a big drive. <laughs> yeah. So we're still. We might be still in the same state, but we're very far away from each other. It's <laughs> no, a very different place too, Rocky. It's you know,
2: totally different landscape, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it it is like we're like I guess we're probably on the edge of that. Like we're a bit of like a subtropical climate, but mm. very dry, um, very oh, humid, so but dry. not as bad as Cairns. Really <laughs> <in the> <laughs> um, yeah, but we still get yeah, we don't get much of a winter and stuff. And yeah, it's it's amazing how much Queensland changes and how huge it is compared mm. to other places. Like it's just. When you grow up here, everything else that's seems right. so and tiny. That's, I think the, the yeah. beauty of it, too, in terms
2: of writing, you know, there's so many different types of landscapes and sort of, and places that you could set books and stories. You know, that are just so very different. So it's kind of exciting to have that choice. I, I, you know, I, lo- I really like the idea of the the dry, dusty outback. I think that's a really evocative sort of setting as well. And there's that Australian, Australian Gothic sort of. Um, yeah sort of sense about it which a few many writers or a few writers have certainly capitalized on that
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and then like down it's quite lush down you know outside of brisbane and stuff a bit west of brisbane it's so lush and quite green and rolling hills and like when it's all green you you could think you were in england like it's amazing how different the landscapes are
2: yeah it is It's, it's we're very lucky
1: yeah, we, we are. are. We, we are. are. Were there any places in particular that you know you were thinking of when you were riding the waterhole? Was there any any any? Sorry, is there anything around Cairns that kind of was in your mind as you were? Oh, riding? definitely.
2: I had um, in my originally in my mind a place called Davies Creek, which is up on the just up the hill a bit up on the tablelands. A lot of people up here would know it's a mm. very popular swimming hole. Just beautiful right, water. Crystal clear water flowing over these big boulders. So originally, that that's actually a place I had in my mind, but it sort of become an amalgamation of a few different places. I think it, it became a bit more rainforesty in the end, and set sort of on the more coastal in my head, sort of um, rainforest. And but the, the swimming holes up here are just absolutely beautiful. It, it's just so picturesque. Um, so the, it sort of yeah, it became an amalgamation of, of a few different places in the end, but definitely had a picture in my head that was from here.
1: Oh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Um, Fiona, where can people find you online if they want to follow you?
2: I have just started a Facebook
1: page and I
2: am on Twitter. Excellent. Um, at FNQ Bell. I called, I called myself, but I'm sure you'd find me under my name. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm still navigating the whole, you know, Online stuff, but I, I need to. I haven't got my website up and running yet, but I'm going to. That's my, one of my next projects to get that happening and put a few things up on there.
1: But it um, is a lot of work.
2: Yes, I, it uh, is. You know, so <laughs> I
1: need a young person to guide me through
2: it. <laughs> 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 my daughter's giving me the thumbs
1: Oh up. <laughs> well, we are. We might be young, but we are still oh, struggling I'm with still, tech problems. Still not
0: very tech savvy. <laughs> Oh, I think you've done a great job. This is
1: really good. Oh, thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, So, of course, then everyone can find us at Better Words Pod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and our website is betterwordspodcast.com. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye.